0: immune stress. We will be delving into what drives it, the key factors and herbs for treatment or management of immune wellness. Also, how acute and chronic situations or conditions impact immune well-being and health. Welcome, Phil.
1: Thanks, (laughs) Shelley. Nice to be here again.
0: Yeah, great to have you back, as always. Our very first question today for our podcast is, what is immune stress and how does it occur?
1: Phew. Well, yeah, when I... It's listen, a big one. <laughs> Listening to that question, it's um, it's kind of challenging to answer, isn't it? Really, because immunity in itself is just so complex. There's so much we just don't understand about um, our immune systems and, and their function, and how all the different cytokines and, and uh, leukotrienes and prostaglandins, all the all the messages, the mediators of inflammation and immunity, they all have very, very, very complex roles, both acutely and chronically. But, yeah, it's that activation of all those those uh, tools, I guess, and all those little fighters that's part of inflammation. And inflammation is, of course, necessary for human survival. It's necessary for organism survival because um, if you don't know to run away from um, a fire when it's burning your skin because you're, you're not responding to that stress through your sensory nerves, um, your immune system your your nervous system's not doing the right thing, it's not making the right decision, Um, and stress can arise and you can undergo very serious harm or even die. So, um, you know, stress, uh, the activation of of the immune system, if you have an infection or any toxin or anything like a a fire or an injury or a threat, is part of our natural defence system. So it's very well conceived and well evolved to do just that, to defend us. But unfortunately... You know, you've got your acute stress response, which is mainly mediated through adrenaline, noradrenaline, you know, the uh, the fight or flight reaction, and then you have your adrenal glands that kick in with secretion of cortisol and other hormones, and that's more the longer term stress response. But unfortunately, in the world that most of us uh, operate in today, we are constantly exposed to stressors, environmental stressors, uh, lifestyle stressors, uh, food, poor diet stressors, um, and all sorts, you know, just too much happening basically. And and all those stressors don't do much in terms of uh, enabling the immune system to switch off after it's done its job because it's all very well switching it on. It's all very well putting your foot on the accelerator if you need to go a bit faster up the hill. When you reach the top of the hill, you need to slow down. You need your foot on the brake. But um, when there's a lot of stress happening, environmental stress or nervous system stress in particular – it often it somehow seems to interfere with the the uh, immune system's ability to switch off, so um, it becomes chronic and it becomes a chronic inflammatory situation. And more and more now we're realising that so many, if not all, chronic human conditions, um, inflammation is is a key uh, is a is a key aspect of all of them, really. So I guess that's what immune stress is. It's um it's the immune system not not being balanced, not being Um, synchronise with the nervous system, not being synchronised with being in in balance with our own body and our own um, environment outside and causing stress and uh, causing ongoing and unwanted and unhealthy inflammation to the point where it becomes Mm. autoimmune. So we develop long-term autoimmune conditions.
0: Thanks. Well, that's great information for everyone listening today. We are like an immune mitigator, aren't we? Our immune system for us, it helps manage day-to-day immune stress as well as being prophylactic, isn't it? It has this huge role that is part of our everyday health. Absolutely. It's a great, great description for everyone listening today. I'm sure everyone's enjoyed that and learning a little bit more if they didn't already know those pathology of the immune system. What are some of the main stresses you see in clinic that contribute towards poor immunity or chronic immune stress? Sleep and stress issues, we all know as practitioners, if you've been in clinic or are in clinic, they, these are so common here. Uh, but for you, what are some of the main stresses that you see in clinic for for your clients? Yeah,
1: I think simply um, doing too much. A lot, of, a lot of us are trying to do too much in 24 hours. We're not sleeping enough. Um, sleep is fundamental to a healthy body and therefore a healthy mind, you know, the research showing that generally most people need seven to eight hours, and and yet a lot of us um, get five or six or seven, you know. And so that long-term shortfall of um, adequate sleep, adequate uh, rejuvenation, replenishment of your everything that goes on in your physical body, it's it's bound to have a toll long term. So um, it is huge, the lack of sleep, and, of course, um, in recent months, or the last couple of years, um, three years on the planet, we've had this pandemic, um, which really disrupted a lot of people's lifestyles, social isolation, it really impacted on the ability to socialise, to get out and do things, um, normal day-to-day activities. And hot on the heels of that, we've got more economic stress. I think people are worried about the cost of living. And then in Tiro, recently, as in many other countries, including our neighbours over the ditch in Australia um, and in California um, and in the UK and Europe, we're seeing uh, climate change. And we're seeing more and more floods. We're seeing fires. We're seeing... Um, so-called 100-year weather events happening every year or every five or ten years. And so people are quite stressed. There's a war in Europe that's been going on for a year now. It's no wonder people are quite stressed. And yet I guess you could look back and and be really objective and say, well, people have always been stressed. It's it's part and parcel of being a human being, as as the big friendly giant would say. You know, we're we're going to be stressed. We need it, as we said earlier. It's part of our defence. But i um, certainly, I think, a lot of, like a lot of uh, natural health practitioners, seeing stress and stress related conditions as the most common broad condition or conditions, because it's usually plural, that people present with in my clinical practice. And uh, that's different to what it was like five years ago. Um, yes, there's always been insomnia, there's always been people complaining of anxiety and stress and poor stress tolerance, but it really has been quite major in the last. Um, year or two—that's for sure.
0: And the acute stress you talk about, you're so right in saying that we need that. It's motivating. It's an instigator for us in life. But it's the chronic stress, isn't it? Like you're saying, the chronic stress is damaging over time to us, without a doubt. Or extreme bouts of stress, right, where intensity is very high—that that undoubtedly is not good for us.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, a chronic physical stress, and and because stress is not always bad, you know, um, of course not, and you relationship is stressful it's it's a change stress is basically also just a change in your in your mm-hmm. comfort zone um so but you know an athlete building up to be the the strongest weightlifter in the world or the fastest run in the world or whatever um has to train pretty hard and put their body through daily um hard physical stress so um you know it's a little bit debatable how whether that's harmful or bad for that person or not but um Yeah, chronic stress actually can make you stronger, you know, the evolution of of the fittest, survival of the fittest. But it's that that whole combination of not only the physical stress and ongoing stressors that we're um, Mm -hmm. exposed to these days, it's also the environmental stress. It is absolutely huge, I think. The adrenal glands just don't get time to switch off. They don't get time to relax And that just pushes the immune system to to become dysregulated, I think. And that's why we're seeing more of these um, chronic, quite debilitating autoimmune conditions.
0: It's our balancing point, isn't it? Like anything in life, we need a bit to be resilient. We need to experience some stress to be motivated. But too much or, like you say, those environmental extreme stresses where they have such intensity behind it can become debilitating.
1: Very much so. (laughs)
0: Damaging. Thanks, Paul. I uh, hope everyone listening has learned a little bit more about or at least I'm sure they've aligned with what you're saying because I think we can all resonate with that in the current times we're living in uh, where we're having pandemics and obviously extreme weather conditions driven by climate change and, you know, multifactorial, of course, other yep. things behind that. But undoubtedly, human impact is is driving a lot of these. It,
1: it certainly is.
0: Issues. Um, is inflammation a key driver for immune stress? What herb or herbs have a dual action here, for both inflammation and immune stress? Can you tell us a bit more there, Phil?
1: I think um, as a group of phytomedicines or herbal medicines, adaptogens definitely uh, are our favourites in this area because they're all anti-inflammatory and they're all stress-insulating and, and in fact, the fact they do both actions very effectively, concomitantly, um, again, uh, reinforces that that link between stress and immunity that, that we're talking about today. Um, and yes, as we know, adaptogens, they protect the body against all sorts of stressors. Uh, they're very broad ranging in their action. A lot of them are used as tonics in traditional herbal medicine or plant medicine in different countries around the world. Um, and they are just wonderful. I'd hate to be without them. <laughs> Um, and increasingly, we're realising that they are very, very good anti-inflammatories as well. Um, they work through a plethora of different mechanisms, um, and uh, and they're really amazing plants. I mean, ginseng, for instance, um, Panax ginseng, which was the original adaptogen and probably one of the best-known medicinal plants on the planet. Um, you know, it's got a highly revered reputation for in- encouraging longevity and good health as you get older. Protecting against all sorts of things. But um, we've always thought that the ginsenicides are the only actives in that plant. And now we're realising that uh, the polysaccharides, which make up 30 or 40% of the actual weight of a, of a dry ginseng root, they're really large. Um, they also, even though they're not absorbed systemically into the circulation, they have pretty amazing effects on the gut microbiome. Um, and as such, they can do all sorts of really incredible things on, on innate immunity. Um, they can protect against cancer. They can be really good adjuncts with, um, you know, certain chemotherapy drugs. Um, and uh, and and they're used clinically in that way now in China, you know, with moni- monoclonal, monoclonal antibodies, which are, you know, a, a mainstay of a lot of chemotherapy treatment these days. So... Um, yeah, these are just new ways in which um, these stress-insulating plants, um, adaptogens and ginseng especially, can really help to change uh, our fueling system, our gut microbiome, which is, which is everything, isn't it, really?
0: Yes, we're learning more and more all the time, aren't we, about the wonderful microbiome of our gut and our body too, yep. aren't we, and how our, those beautiful bacteria have such an impact on yep. us. And, and then there's
1: withania, you know. I mean, there's just so many of them, aren't there? You know, we could talk for hours about withania. It's the, the stress herb for today's world, I think. Um, and then all the other ones like schizandra, bupler, and bicals gold All of these adaptogens protect against both physical and nervous system challenges, really, which is pretty special. And, and they're all anti-inflammatory, as we said.
0: <laughs> they're quite celebrity herbs, aren't they, these yep. herbs, <laughs> in yep. a way? I mean, you're right. We we're so lucky, aren't we? we? We're blessed with the herbs and the way that they have such multi-actions for application. What are herbs for stress support? I know you've already touched on that, and we've covered some ground there. But for everyone listening today, what, what are the top herbs here, in your opinion, for immune maintenance and recovery? Like, What, what do you find yourself using day in day out?
1: Yeah, as I just said, with hainia, I guess like everyone, ashwagandha. Um, I have patients that phone me up and, and request it, and they're not aware that it's already in their mix or that it's been in their mix for many years. And I say it's, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we can increase the amount because it's a very safe herb, and in fact, um, you often need to go quite high with, with the dose, and it's very, very uh, good long term. So. You know, just as uh, running regularly or exercising regularly, eating well regularly, you know, having a good lifestyle regularly, um, and particularly eating well, is really important to reduce the impact of inflammatory stress. Um, so is taking adaptogens long term. I don't, I don't um, agree with the principle that you should only take adaptogens short term because, you know, that really dumbs down what these herbs can do. They're, they're much more complex than just being stress insulating. So. Yeah, withania is, is one of my favourites. Um, but, you know, if people aren't sleeping well, if you've got to sleep sleep, which is, as we said, a, a huge contributor to inflammatory stress, um, then you give them a sleeping potion. You know, you give them some carver or passionflower or hops if they're brave on the taste front, but always add a little bit of licorice to it. You know, be kind to them. There's a lot we can do. Valerian is is amazing, I think, and and these things are also anxiolytic. If you take them in the daytime and in, in the right dose, so, albeit smaller than what you generally want them at night, so you know chronic stress leads to low grade anxiety, low grade or long term anxiety can become worse anxiety, can lead to all sorts of other mental and wellness issues, and even um, depression sometimes. So. You you look at everyone individually, you know, you you talk to them about their stress management, you refer them to a counsellor or a therapist or a massage practitioner or, you know, an osteopath to sort out that pain problem that's keeping them awake. You you know, you take a fully holistic and integrative approach to people with chronic stress conditions and that way you can help reduce the inflammatory response, not only through herds, but through recommending lifestyle changes
0: not a band-aid effect, does it? Or well, that's well. there's no solution like <laughs> that we want to follow like that has the band-aid effect. We really want to have that integrated approach ideally.
1: Absolutely. The best
0: results, right? Yep. To help yep. to help people as much as we can those clients. Yeah.
1: Plants can't do it all.
0: They can just come in and do help us mop up, can't they? And they can definitely help <laughs> us move forward too because they're so good in their supporting actions. Yep. But you're so right. It's it's multifactoral, isn't it? Yep. Absolutely. Not always as easy as one potion. <laughs> You've got no. to have a few. <laughs> no. <laughs> what natives can help here? I know this is a subject so close to your heart and one that you um, are so informative on and knowledgeable. For those who regularly use them, for new users too, what natives can help here in this, you know, in this subject of immune stress?
1: I think a lot of our native plants do modulate the gut microbiome, and we just don't realise it yet. Because a lot of them are really quite yucky tasting, they're very bitter, Um, they're quite astringent, Um, they're full of antioxidant polyphenolic compounds. And as such, I think they're almost certainly really good antioxidants, uh, protecting against all sorts of stress-related conditions, but also... um, They will do things on the gut, um, particularly the tannins and the other large polyphenolic molecules, a bit like the ginseng I mentioned earlier, the polysaccharides, and herbs like hoheria, you know, can really possibly modulate the gut microbiome. But yeah, they're also really good anti-inflammatories, I think, and, uh, you know, kawakawa is is a really amazing plant. I've used it for autoimmune conditions for a long time, not just and psoriasis, but um you know inflammatory joint conditions um I think it can really help with um the gut permeability um to really just reinforce that to make it work a bit better the whole gut absorption process and we we've got German research now showing that you know um kawa kawa does modulate um you know that that part of the body so um, the amide alkaloids that are found in kawakawa, and and some of the lignan compounds, you know the the alkalamides as we call them in terms of echinacea, um, piperine and trans and some of the lignans, the main one being Um that's the the most important one. They're really good anti inflammatories. All of those compounds, so. And again, um, kawakawa is a gut herb, isn't it? It's brilliant for um, a lot of gut conditions, uh, be it the dreaded lugi or overindulgence or bloated. So it's certainly doing things down there as well. But putting just even small amounts of herbs like tanikaha or koi koi or some of the more bitter herbs in a, in a uh, long-term herbal mix, in my experience, can also sometimes really help with some of these chronic inflammatory and autoimmune conditions.
0: Are there any that you find yourself using more and more of that once that maybe when you first started, you were a little bit unsure of the effect or the dosage, but over time you've, they've become a firm favourite. Could you let us in on any little tips there with ones yeah, that you've well, tried? I've learnt
1: more trialed? about Kawakawa for using it than anything else, I think, even though I've, um, you know, researched and written extensively about its phytochemistry and its <laughs> traditional uses, you can't beat using it on, on real people. <laughs> um, it is amazing, so... I use it more and more. Um, and kohi kohi, I guess, is, is one of my more recent favourites that I'm using just a little bit in a lot of long term um, mixes for these chronic types of stress related conditions.
0: Any case studies that you give us an example on, Phil, there with that beautiful kawakawa or some favourite herbs of yours for immune stress for us to end on our podcast today and everyone can take away a bit more valuable information from, from you there?
1: Yeah, you got me there. I hadn't thought for about a case study, but yeah, I made up a, a mix um, in the last day or so actually for a patient um, who she originally came to see me with with a skin condition and and, um, and some liver conditions. She had some elevated LFT. She was a bit worried, and that's many, many years ago. And for various reasonable reasons, I put kawakawa and a little bit of tanikaha in her mix, and she continues to take pretty well the same mix years later, um, and she's well into her 60s, uh, she's physically quite active. Um, and so I guess from a, from a tonic, I'd regard her mix as a tonic. She, you know, We're talking at least six, seven, eight years here. Um, something that seems to, she comes back for more every month, seems to be helping her, um, her overall active lifestyle as she gets older because I do talk to her every few months. Um, I think kawakawa is, is a really good one to incorporate. I think there's a bit of bicals gold cap in there as well and, and of course, a bit of withania. So, you know, kawakawa to look after um, all the, the gut stuff and, and contribute to anti-inflammatory actions and um, and probably have a bit of an adaptogenic action as well as anti-inflammatory, is, it's a real good all-rounder for today's modern um,
0: typical patient. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. I'm sure everyone today has enjoyed listening to um, those little bits of information around all the immune stress herbs, especially the New Zealand natives. I know they're a big favourite of everyone that follows PhytoMed and our podcast. So thank you. Thanks,
1: Charlene. Thanks, Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you to all our listeners again. And we look forward to bringing you more PhytoTherapy Talk in our next Herb Talk podcast soon. Kaikiti Ano from the PhytoMed team. Thanks, Phil.